Good morning, everybody. It's Sunday, November 12th, the day after the Bishop Strickland announcement came down on the church. And we are here live, at least at 3.15 a.m. Central Time, to talk about the aftermath of it, the immediate aftermath. And I'll probably do a follow-up to this tomorrow as well, because there's so much happening with this that it's really worth going over. And a lot of people are being sort of, well, we'll say it, exposed for what they are in the aftermath of all of this. We have seen a fair amount of jubilation over the news from the Pope's planners. I know that will not surprise anybody <laughs> to, to know that, but that's where we are. Reactions have actually been predictable, and I will cover some of the ones from the better bishops probably tomorrow. I'm still waiting for at least one other bishop to make any kind of statement, because I expect you'll one has already. I expect you're going to see some more <laughs> today, if not early tomorrow. But I'm going to go over and say what the Francis media is saying. So over at the ever the ever highly esteemed where Pacamama is, Bishop Strickland has been accused of basically being a set of a contest. Now, why? Well, because the position that Benedict was the real pope and didn't resign properly or that his resignation was invalid because of errors or whatever, whatever variation you want to go on off that, all those have been lumped in as a form of set of a contism. And it's, it's not set of a contism. And I say that as someone who doesn't generally agree with at least the main variations of that theory. But I don't think it's set of a contism because set of a contism as a term has always meant to apply to someone who doesn't believe that there hasn't been a pope since 1958, that all the popes since then have been anti-popes. And Bishop Strickland doesn't hold to that position. And neither do most of the people who think that Benedict was the real pope. So, um, but the reason he's getting called a set of a contest is that he read from a letter that was written by someone who thinks Francis illegitimately came to the papacy. He's being accused of being a set of a contest for that. He, here's what was said by one of the main American detractors of the traditional Catholic faith. So over at where Peter is, where we get this quote, since June, Bishop Strickland's rhetoric and actions have only become more extreme. And remember, he was talking about, let's actually go back up a little bit. He goes, quote, this morning, Pope Francis relieved Joseph Strickland of his position as the Bishop of, Di of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. Uh, let's actually put this on the screen here. What am I doing? It's not amateur hour anymore. Let's go. <laughs> let's do right there. All right. Let me know. Make sure. Let me know if you can see this on screen. This morning, Pope Francis relieved Bishop Joseph Strickland of his position as the Bishop of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. This decision was long anticipated by the most people who follow Catholic media, and many observers were surprised that it took this long. The escalating and often shocking statements made by Bishop Strickland, he remains a bishop, although he no longer holds a position of authority in the church. In the past few years left many wondering why Pope Francis had not taken any formal action against him. I have heard more than a few Catholics, including bishops and priests, ask, what, does, what more does Strickland have to do to get kicked out? Our coverage starting in December of 2020 of Bishop Strickland's behavior lays out many of the reasons why removing him was absolutely and totally justified. Again, this is from where Pacamama is. I mean, where Peter is. Uh, this is Francis Media. Okay, this is their reactions. My June Substack post, usually Substack is paid access, by the way, I just want to point that out. My June Substack post 
Strickland's adventurous online legacy is a compilation of links to articles and screenshots of his most controversial tweets in the months and years prior. A few days later, I wrote an article, The Making of Bishop Strickland, which chronicled Strickland's rise from a relatively unknown bishop from an obscure Texas diocese into a Catholic media sensation and a household name among certain groups of Catholics in the U.S. He was dubbed America's bishop by various Catholic reactionary leaders. Love the, love the scary buzzwords there. Since June, Bishop Strickland's rhetoric and actions have only become more extreme. Just a few days ago, LifeSite News released the full transcript of a speech Strickland delivered in Rome on October 31st. In his speech, Strickland read aloud a letter from a, quote, dear friend that espoused explicitly set of a contest ideas and alluded to passage in scripture, suggesting that Pope Francis is the Antichrist. The letter described Pope Francis as a, quote, usurper who illegally took the papacy from Pope Benedict XVI, saying, would you now allow this one who has pushed aside the true Pope and has attempted to sit on a chair that is not his define what the church is to be. After reading the letter, Strickland said, hopefully you'll agree that the letter from a friend that I just shared reminds us this part of our walk for every one of us here, men and women, clergy, laity, all of us. This is a very challenging portion of our Emmaus walk of faith. There will be a great deal of analysis from journalists, commentators, friends, and supporters of Strickland in the coming days and weeks. He has already indicated that he will not plan to go quietly. Is it possible that he will become openly schismatic or even set of a contest? End quote. Yeah. Um, so, yes. And remember, for those joining us late, they are calling him set of a contest because he read from a letter written by someone who thinks clearly that Benedict's resignation was invalid. One of the variations of that theory. And that theory has been conflated as being a form of set of a contism when it's not. So welcome to the aftermath of this, folks. Um, I did get one thing wrong yesterday in my live stream because the detail hadn't come out yet. That's why I got it wrong. Um, both John Henry Weston and Taylor Marshall had spoken with. Uh, Bishop Strickland, and basically the timeline of events was this. November 9th, that'd be Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, what is this? Uh, yeah, Thursday. He was asked to resign, I guess, through a phone call or a letter that was never made public, and he refused. That's where the he did not comply came in. Then he, then on yesterday, he, the announcement was made from Rome. Like, they probably had the thing drafted already, or at least the outline of the letter for that occasion. So that's a detail that I got wrong. So thought I'd clarify. So anyway, that is what the, where Pacamama is saying, what, what, what they were saying about this. And they're one of like the main, like independent media with act, strange amounts of access, Catholic Pope splaining out, uh, outlets about this. That was written by Mr. Mike Lewis, by the way. And why was Mr. Lewis saying this? Because of this speech given at the Rome Life Forum in, October, which I won't read in full here. I'm just going to zero in on this. Let's see. Of course, all of my, <laughs> here it is. I'm just going to, I'm going to zero in here on one tab here on one of these, just one section of the speech, because it's pretty important to really see what we're talking about here. He says, Christ has, pro has proclaimed the sanctity of life. I, it cannot be otherwise than sanctified because he has created it and he has died for it. And yet this usurper of Peter's chair, this is from a letter he was reading, has counted life as not, for he has endangered souls by proclaiming that they are justified before God as they are, with no need of repentance. And he has welcomed those who glorify the Moloch ritual and offered to 
correct no correction, thereby countering the lies of all those who have been taken in this manner as nothing. Ignatius of Antioch wrote, it is outrageous to utter the name of Jesus Christ and live in the religion of the elders. In other words, it's outrageous to utter the name of Jesus Christ and then to live as though he had not come, as Ignatius also wrote. I have many deep thoughts in God, but I take my own measure, lest I perish by boasting. For I myself, though I am in chains and can com comprehend heavenly things, the ranks of the angels and the hierarchies of principalities, things visible and invisible, for all this I am not yet a disciple. And what then, Bishop, shall make you a disciple? Be advised of this one thing. Playing nicely with those who attack truth makes no man a disciple. Yes, the church welcomes sinners. She welcomes them to the truth, which is Jesus Christ. And if they are not living in truth, then she calls them to repentance. How can we declare that we love when we would allow souls to perish by assuming that they, assuring them that conversion is needed? Play nicely while the devil leads souls to perdition. Play nicely while Francis proclaims the devil's voice to be the voice of the Holy Spirit. You get the idea, folks. He read from that letter. Now, I'm not going to counter signal him on that. I just, uh, he read from that letter. And he did this at the Forum Life, Rome Life Forum. And he didn't say, he didn't, you know, qualify it by saying, I disagree with, you know, the usurper stuff and the proclaiming the devil is speaking with the voice of the Holy Spirit, that kind of stuff, right? He didn't denounce that. And I'm not blaming him for that. This is the stuff that is consistently being cited by the Francis media on this. Where is the church going from here? Pray for Bishop Strickland. Everybody pray for Bishop Strickland. Keep him in your prayers, please. But yes, that, so far, that's where we're at so far, okay? But this is all a message that's being said, sent loud and clear to the church, and it's being communicated via the Bergolian media. Stop resisting the ape of the church. So here are two examples. Headline from the National Catholic Reporter, which is a modernist outlet that makes a America Magazine, quite frankly, look to be very moderate in its leanings. Where did my tab go? We'll go put this one on screen, too. So here is where America Magazine says, quote, Pope Francis axes firebrand Texas Bishop Strickland, darling of right wing Twitter. <laughs> yeah, um, the article makes clear that the ouster of Bishop Strickland was conducted from inside of the Vatican. Or conducted from inside the diocese, rather. And it was an effort led by former diocesan employees and priests. They quote extensively in this article, former diocesan employees and priests. I have reports from the ground, by the way, that their efforts were orchestrated by a contributor to various pro-Francis modernist blogs as well, including the one that I just read from. Much of that, by the way, is alluded to in this excerpt from the article that I'm going to show you here. Quote, the shocking part for me was not that Strickland was going against Pope Francis, but seeing a Catholic bishop behaving like a fundamentalist Protestant and being so dismissive of the idea that there is a church authority that he has to obey, said Massimo Fascioli, a theologian and church historian at Villanova University. Fascioli told NCR, National Catholic Reporter, that Strickland's posts on X, the social media platform previously known as Twitter, where he once accused the Pope of, quote, undermining the deposit of faith was, quote, the strangest behavior by a bishop that the theologian had seen in the age of social media. In his tweets, Fascioli said it was almost like he was saying, Jesus told me to do this. 
Jesus told me to say that, which in some other churches might be acceptable, but it is certainly not the way in which the Catholic Church understands unity and responsibility of a bishop. Some Catholics in Tyler Diocese were not surprised and told NCR the Pope's move to sideline the outspoken conservative prelate was long overdue. People have been writing to the nuncio, Vatican ambassador, for years about Strickland, all related to how he was running his diocese, said Cindy Plummer, a former diocesan official who was among several female diocesan employees, abruptly laid off in 2018. Let's pause here for a second. Noticing how they're framing this, okay? It, there's a lot of little bits of things sprinkled in here to make Bishop Strickland look like the villain in this. You know, several female diocesan employees abruptly laid off in 2018. I'm sure there's a good reason they were laid off in 2018. Anyway, in June, the... Hold on, I lost my place here. In June, the Vatican launched a formal investigation known as an apostolic visitation into the Tyler Diocese. A priest who was interviewed for the visitation told the National Catholic Reporter that retired Bishop Gerald Kikanis of Tucson, Arizona, and Bishop Dennis Sullivan of Camden, New Jersey, conducted the visitation. He said the bishops, accompanied by two priests, asked several questions related to financial matters, Strickland's leadership style, and how it affected the morale of the priests in the diocese. The priest who spoke on condition of anonymity because of the confidentiality the investigating bishops asked of him also said they asked questions about priests and religious men and women with irregular canonical statuses, taking up residence in the Tyler Diocese in recent years. In addition, the priest said the bishops asked him what he thought Strickland understood the deposit of faith to mean, and whether the priest thought Strickland's episcopacy was salvageable. The priest said he told the bishops it was not. End quote. The lady interviewed for the article, Mrs. Plummer, calls Strickland a liar, claiming it was mostly administrative reasons that he was fired. But we know that's not true, folks. At least one priest in the diocese that Strickland publicly says in that article that online Catholic commentators destroyed Bishop Strickland and turned him into an e-celebrity. Now, this is, again, where we're going to we're going to see a lot of this in the coming days. They are actively in the process of trying to get this to try to turn this into an, you know, Taylor Marshall did it or I did it or whatever. Y yes, Dempsey, I do understand the set of a contest. Well, set of a cont means seat is vented. Set of a contest means they hold to a belief. And the belief is very particularly defined as there has been no Pope since 1958. That's what a set of a contest is. Sede vacant is the term for the seat is vacant. But a set of a contest holds to the idea of set of a contism, which is a very specifically divine thing. It's almost an ideology, almost. But they should be differentiated. I, I, I'm not going to move on that, by the way. I'm just not going to. Um, yes, yes, Colby, it's my fault. I did it. I've never had him. I've never had the good bishop on my channel, but it's my fault. By the way, Bishop Strickland, you have an invitation. <laughs> just have somebody close to you email me and we'll make it work. <laughs> Anyway, I want to break from that here, and uh, if I can, yeah, I want to give, I want to break here from that before we go back to all of that here, and I'm going to. John Henry Weston interviewed Bishop Strickland, and he so far I've only found the interview on Twitter, on uh, John Henry Weston's Twitter account. It might be on YouTube, but I couldn't find it on YouTube. So, um, but I I'm going to show you just a, a couple minute clip of it here, so you can see what we're talking about. And I want to, plus it gives me a chance to see if playing video through the screen sharing system will actually work. So let's take a look at what we're going to do here because 
here is a, a portion of what Bishop Strickland has to really say about all this. Well, John Henry, um, the only answer I have to that is because forces in the church right now uh, don't want the truth of the gospel. They want it changed. They want it ignored. They want to of course, be rid it's of the truth that is gloriously not going to go away. The truth that is Jesus Christ. His mystical body, which is the church. All the wonders that the martyrs died for and the saints lived for through almost 2,000 years since Christ died and rose. So, and, and again, um, certainly Pope Francis has the responsibility of making the supreme pontiff decisions. He has, he's the only one with that authority. But there are many forces working at him and influencing him to to make these kinds of decisions frustrating um but we that's why we pray for the pope for him as a son of god and for his role as the supreme pontiff but we have to acknowledge there are tremendous and powerful forces at work in the world saint paul reminds us that we're not fighting against human beings, flesh and blood. We're fighting the powers and principalities of evil. And that's a pretty strong statement, but I believe it's true. It's real. And evil doesn't want the truth of Jesus Christ. Why did ancient Rome crucify him? Because they didn't want the truth that he was proclaiming. They saw it as disruptive. They saw it as questioning and threatening their power. It saw They saw it in, in all the ways that people sadly see it today. And even within the church and the great mystery of our time, there are people in the church, rather than glorying in the truth of Christ, they want to delete significant portions of sacred scripture and say, Oh, we got that wrong, or we're just going to ignore it. Um, saints through 2,000 years didn't get it wrong. Um, doctrine and understanding develops, but it develops in the sense of deepening, not reversing direction. But there are forces um, in the world that want to reverse the direction, want to change moral teachings, want to totally restructure the church um but beautifully the the church's function with all the human failings she's continues to be here because she is holy guided by the holy spirit and the holy spirit has fostered basic structures in the church i you know on the basics he's not wrong right i mean they want to restructure the church that's what they object to. They well, they object to him standing up for it. And yes, I've seen a lot of. I do. I. I. I'm sure it is on YouTube somewhere. I just. I. I can't. Uh, more. You. The link didn't show up because I have links blocked on my channel. People can't post links in my comments in my site in my live stream chats simply because it was the only way I could keep people from posting impurity. 
in my comments. Yes, that was a very real problem. And I still see it sometimes as well as people trying to uh, pull a fast one on members of the audience. So um, it's there. It worked. But that's what we're dealing with, right? Yeah, Marmar, I caught that. It's, uh, you know, but the rest of what he said wasn't wrong. I mean, it's there's an attempt to restructure the church. And that's really what we're dealing with here. Another reason that came out about this, though, and this, this is fascinating, is one of the reasons given from sources close to the diocese that Bishop Strickland was removed was because he refused to implement Traditionis Custodis, meaning he basically refused to ban the TLM in his diocese, reduce it to one place, off one offering on a regular basis in his diocese. That was one of the reasons listed. That's interesting, isn't it? But we have another one here. So... <laughs> This is over here at we get uh, here's another one from the uh, from the Happy Pope Splainers headline: Pope removes Texas bishop who's been a frequent Francis critic. Remember, our theme is they're sending a message, right? They're sending a message. Let's see if you can pick up what it is here. Quote: A staunch conservative and papal critic who has all but accused Pope Francis of heresy, Strickland and the Diocese of Tyler were the object of Vatican apostolic visitation earlier this year. The reasons for the visitation were not made public, but it's widely believed it was related to Strickland's public opposition to Pope Francis and his pastoral decisions. In a pastoral letter published August 22nd, Strickland called the October 4th to 29th Synod of Bishops on Synodality schismatic and warned against the evils that threaten us, highlighting seven basic truths of the faith he said were under threat because of the intentions of some involved with the synodal process. On October 31st, Strickland delivered a speech at a conference in which he quoted from a letter he had received describing Pope Francis as a usurper and, quote, one who has pushed aside the true Pope and has attempted to sit on a chair that is not his, end quote. Yeah. So uh, you, you're starting to pick up a common theme here, aren't you? That there is a message going on here. And it's, it's clear. Do not get in the way of the restructuring of the church. This is a message being sent to most of the bishops that I read, that whose letter, public letters I read to you whenever they issue them or quote extensively, depending on the nature of the letter. Now, the thing is, a lot of those bishops are retired. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that common trend? They're either retired or previously been pushed to the side. Cardinal Burke isn't, strictly speaking, retired. But he was removed from his, his office, not given another job. Remember when that made news several years ago? How about, uh, you, you know, Mueller's in the same boat? But this is what's happened. And there's a message being sent here, though, and it's essentially to quell opposition. Which is why they put in a papal administrator there. And let's just say he's not exactly a, a you know, an angel himself. So the headline comes from the Catholic Monitor. Vasquez, Bishop of Austin, as apostolic administrator of the Strickland vacated diocese. Women filed a lawsuit against Bishop Joe Vasquez, alleging years-long pattern of, we'll just call it Rupnik type behavior. That's all you need to know from that, folks. That's what we're dealing with here. And the really fascinating thing about it is they aren't even hiding it. The, the men they sent to do the apostolic visitation for Bishop Strickland were themselves accused of sweeping away Ted McCarrick problems in their dioceses. 
there is a message being sent here. It's it's a multi-layered, multi-tiered message. Looming over all of this is Father Rupnik, the Jesuit artist of really diabolical-looking, quote-unquote, sacred art, who did some really bad things with two nuns and with nuns and got away with it, basically. He got put back in the diocese. They're now, you know, investigating it, but come on, okay? I mean, if maybe he'll actually face some real consequences, but he was too much even for the Jesuits, right? And he was rehabilitated weeks ago while all of this was being prepared to happen to Bishop Strickland for the crime of maybe imprudently reading a letter written to him at a public place without self-censoring. Of course, the decision to remove him was made well before the, the Rome life form. We know that. And so do you. you we all know that. But that's where we are, folks. That is where we are. And uh, that, by the way, that story about Bishop Vasquez happened back in 2018. So it's been known to this. So I want to go to some questions here before I wrap this up for the day. Colby says that Father Rupnik is evil. Yes. Oh, pray for his repentance. It would be the, the angelic choirs and the saints in heaven will rejoice over his con interior conversion. So pray for his for his uh, conversion and for his interior uh, penance. Linda says, calling all bishops to display faith over fear. The truth will set them free if they speak it. Absolutely. That is, we, this is why I'm actually separating this one from what I'll probably do tomorrow, which is what some of the good bishops, what their responses are going to be. Because I've seen one so far, and I expect Vigano to give a letter probably today. The man seems to be very verbose with his writing and very skilled, um, or maybe Mueller will or something, but I'm going to do something tomorrow on their responses. We need to, it, it's got to the point where, you know, Michael Matt had some strong stuff to say about this in a remnant article and on Twitter. You should go read that if you haven't, but they're ramping this up because we are now, we are long since in the place where they're not playing nice anymore. But this is your time to get your questions in, so please do so in the comments or in the, in the stream here. If I'm later on able to, I will attempt to, uh, given it's a Sunday, I'll try to answer things in the, you know, comments after mass or before mass, but it's, uh, gets a little more tricky during mass to do that. <laughs> Marine says, check out full sheen ahead. Terry Barber has some inside baseball. Um, email me a link if you could, please. Again, links don't work in my comments or in my chat in, in my, in my, in my, uh, live chat because I had to ban them because people were posting pretty gross links and things to try to pull a fast one on audience members. And I had to, I finally had to stop it. It's actually something YouTube recommends anyway. Why is Bishop Strickland cooperating with Francis? Because he, he, he recognizes him as having the authority to remove him. And that's another thing we'll talk about tomorrow because there is a question of whether it's actually canonically legal or not what's going on. So, but again, there's that question, that question itself bumps up against another question, which is, does the Pope have to follow canon law? Um, but uh, Colby, it's clear Bishop Strickland has said multiple times that uh, he does not, he, that he recognizes Francis as the Pope. In his interview with John Henry Weston, he called him Pope Francis and said that Francis has the authority to pull him out of his diocese. So. But yes, that was a it was a it was a great interview, and he was very humble, and he wasn't you know 
having he was having the kind of response you would want from somebody who is you know taking sanctity as, as a serious thing in their life anyway thank you helen it is appreciate thank you helen and uh um just uh, in general thanks for tuning in folks and uh let me know what you think of this in the comments if you're watching this later please and then like and subscribe if you haven't it does help anyway please pray for the church and pray for Bishop Strickland and everybody involved in this story. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.